to not, not to lead the team and say follow me, but when you serve the team, you become somebody who's worthy of leading. Also. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Forming an HVAC Hustle Podcast. And today I have three amazing guests. I'm gonna let you guys introduce yourselves uh, for the audience. I'm Joe Crisera, America's Service Coach. I'm Victor Rancor, everybody's favorite influencer. <laughs> and I'm Dustin Van Orman, coming here from Utah at Any Hour Services. Absolutely. So I just want to talk a little bit about recruiting and, re uh, and retaining star employees and the way you guys think about getting high performers. Um, so I guess I should start with a foundational question, which is, do you believe in star employees? And how do you think of high performers in companies? Right, there's, 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 eight, there's the star players, right? And sometimes star players sound good, right? But do they fit the mold? Do they fit the culture? Because everybody's had a, a great player, a great sales guy. He comes in and, and we're excited, right? You get excited when you come in and you find out really quickly that he only cares about me, me, me. Uh, sometimes I would rather have a couple guys that are really good rather than one great guy, if that makes sense. Because that great guy, sometimes you gotta, you gotta check their attitude and, and make sure they fit the culture. But they fit the culture, they can bring everybody up. But just be prepared. If you bring a guy in like that, like you gotta know how to reel them in, how to deal with them. Uh, I think that's also part of the art of being an operator is understanding how to deal with different personalities. And sometimes those eight players, you better be ready for them because they're gonna be a whirlwind. But I'll, tell, I'll, let, Joe, I'll let Joe take that over. Well, I think, um... I don't really believe in bringing in star employees, but I do believe in building, creating stars, not being one, right? And I think um, uh, the strongest thing is when you get somebody who is a just an ordinary person and through the possible training, support, and everything else that you do, uh, you are uh, building that person into a star, right? Uh, it, it was it was a, it was a, one of one of my uh, mentors uh, from John Wayne Air, Don Rackler, who ran John Wayne Air in San Antonio, he said, I, I don't have any room for divas or prima donnas. They won't be on my team. Uh, everybody serves the team. So if you're going to be a star, a star helps to coach the other team, that they're the, the kind of leader that not just performs great results, which is a star performer, but somebody who also helps support the team and helps teach people the things that he knows. Uh, to me, that's a better star. So you mentioned you don't believe in star employees. So I guess maybe a, a continuance of this is like finding the right stuff, the right constitution in a great employee. Like how do you look for a person that's moldable and could turn into somebody great? You know, I think you're looking for a combination of what everyone's said here. You know, Victor's saying that you're going to find these people and bring them in and they're maybe a little more challenging to handle. They, they take a little more care and love. You're talking about growing them from within, and I think it's a combo of both. You need to create an environment where star performers are created and can find success in your business through your training programs, through your, your management support, through, uh, I mean, just a simple thing as having a one-on-one -on -one with your, your everyone in your business each week so that they feel appreciated and valued. People that feel appreciated want to perform well in your business. And so you can create an environment where star performers are found in your business. You probably have them already, and they just need that 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 support to become one. Mm. That, that's a good uh, segue into the retaining retaining great people. So, well, I mean, first yeah. off, I think a great system also can create star employees too. Oh, yeah. But if you don't have a sales process, a sales system, or whatever it is within your business, you're not going to be able to 
grow and and get those guys, keep those guys going, keep more more guys coming up, right? You should be able to take a, a decent player, put him in your system, and turn him into an A player. Is what's kind of what I believe. Yeah, I think the hardest thing, for instance, that I have an issue with is like people present themselves a certain way in an interview. And then you get two months down the road and they're just doing things a little differently than what they showed in those initial conversations. So how do you, find, how do you filter bullshit in an interview? I, I think the best thing I always say in that is uh, you give the people the opportunity to reveal themselves, right? Uh, like uh, if somebody says, uh, you know, uh, yeah, so, so my, always, my first question a lot of times is like, uh, why would you need a new job? What's wrong with the one you currently have? Or uh, what, what, what was wrong with the last place? And uh, you know, what happened at the last place? Was something wrong there? <laughs> and you're giving them an opportunity to take responsibility for themselves and say, well, you know, what I'd love to hear would be, yeah, it was a good place where I was working. Uh, I just think I was ready for what they were trying to do. It's really more on me. I was just, I found myself in the wrong place. I needed to find a place that believed more like in a service business than a construction business. Like, uh, I just, th I don't think I fit in because I'm really not good with uh, construction. I'm better with people. So that's more of a responsibility I'm hearing within the employee. So I try to give people the opportunity to respond with the values that they really believe in to see, show the true colors, right? And you got to listen. So you got to be a good listener in those interviews. Uh, you know, and I think when you give people the opportunity, they sometimes spit it out. Like, hey, what happened at the last place? What, why didn't that work out? Well, my boss was a raging maniac, and he just, nobody could work for nobody could work for that guy. Yeah. And if that's what you're hearing, then you're hearing the victimization already of that. They're already acting like a victim before they even start working for you, right? Well, unless it was me, there. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say maybe well, you know, uh, they worked for me. You know, but but I would I would say this though: even yeah. if they were, there's a there's an element in all of us that says even if I'm working for somebody who is a little bit out there, it's like you know what uh, you could say for yourself. You know, I just wasn't ready for that level of intensity. Uh, a guy like Victor demands, he, de he demands, uh, he, he's a perfectionist who demands uh, perfection. <clears throat> I just wasn't ready for that level of perfection at that point. I was so I'm, looking yeah. for, I'm looking for somebody who takes, uh, even with somebody who feels like the boss is a little bit out of control, to say, you know, what's your part of it? I say, okay, the boss, and if they did say my boss is out of control, I would say, uh, okay, maybe your boss was out of control, but what was your part of that? Uh, is there any part that you played? <clears throat> and if they say, no, there's nothing I could have done, that's what that's what they're going to get when they bring to your company. That's what I feel about it. But Same question for you, Victor. How do you filter bullshit in an interview? <coughs> I think this is a good one. I want to hear your answer, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, Dustin's going to have a different answer than I do, right? I mean, obviously, you know, track record, right? Like, I got to see the numbers, right? If I got a sales guy coming in, they, they can't show me the numbers. Or being a, seeing, being a sales guy in the first time, I will make them go through their process with me. So like I would interview the sales guys that have to go to a manager after you got to the manager and say, hey, Vic, this guy's good. I would actually make him present to me how he would present to a customer. Mm -hmm. I want to see his eyes, his tonality, how he speaks, how he communicates. Does he, not, does he understand his products? Because you're going to be able to snuff out a, a sales guy pretty quickly if he's any good. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I put him on the spot pretty quick, pretty early, even the technicians as well. I, mm -hmm. I put him on the spot and test him right in front of him because that's that's my background being a tech and a sales guy. I can tell right away if they're if they are real or not. Keep in mind, it's not an end-all, be-all because I feel like I can train a guy. If he has decent communication skills, I can turn him into a great sales guy. But I do make them actually do their process in front of me. I say, perfect, how would you sell a variable speed system to me? Can you, can you show me how you do it? If they can't do it right there, they're not going to be able to do it in front of a customer, and I probably don't need them anyways.
I think what you want to do also is uh, don't just bring somebody in for an interview, bring them in for an experience. Uh, anytime anyone comes to our facility to try and get a job there, they're going to go on a tour with us for an hour. We're going to walk them around and show them what it's like to work there and let them see the energy with the people and the trainings and the facility, the benefits that are there. But while we're walking around with them, we're, we're breaking down barriers. We're making them more comfortable. We're getting to see how they interact in a group. We're asking them questions in front of people. And then after an experience, we'll take them and sit down for an interview. But by then you've broken down barriers and you've seen who that person really is. You have a pretty good idea of, of what they're going to be like, you know, after, after that's happened, so. In midnight, you've already had three sandwiches. <laughs> I went down with Danny for, I'm like, we're going to go for a breakfast. I'm going to check it out. But I, eight hours later, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm working here now. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, what about for jobs where you don't necessarily have that expertise? I can see that in a yeah. job where you know how to do that thing. I've had to hire people that I didn't know how to do the thing, and that's always the scariest. How do you do that? Like, let's say if you're a of HVAC or plumbing business owner and you're trying to hire an internal marketer, but you don't know how to do marketing. First and foremost, hire for character because you got to work with this person. Mm -hmm. So you got to make sure that they got the same standards and character that you do represent in your business that your people have because it's going to affect your culture. If you find good alignment that way, then obviously if it's something you're not experienced in, you're going to have to uh, understand their expertise, understand their history. Um, check references, whatever you need to, to learn that they're qualified enough to do it. But first and foremost, is that character. Who are they? I think one real quick one, I'll get right. So the quick one, like one thing I did, so I worked out with Leland Smith. Like the best thing he ever did, like he didn't hire fast. Like it was like, I had to earn this damn job, right? Like I remember going through it. I went through a group interview. There was a hundred of us in a room. They narrowed it down to 15 and they said, okay, we'll give you guys a call. Waited a couple of days, called us, brought us back for another interview, then sat me in front of a panel in front of every manager shooting questions at me, right? They're just testing me to see, see how I respond, right? So they get done with that, I said, okay, we'll give you a call back and let you know. I had to come back a third time, then the next day I'm not meeting with the owner. And I, so I went through this like big thing. So I think with that process, it also made me feel like I won. Like I won the lotto getting this job. Like mm. I went through the gauntlet, I got the thing, right? So it actually got me more excited about working there as well. So that's something you can think about. What he does is he teaches the most valuable team in your business. He'll just add nothing but profit. There's so much money left in the call center. So much money. If you're not at a 90% booking rate, showing empathy on the phone, smiling on the phone, making sure they're having a better day after they got off the phone with you, then you need to call Power Selling Pros and see Brigham. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think uh, what the panel. Uh, to have other, especially women in the company, uh, interview the person to see if that's the kind of person that uh, they're going to appeal to everybody, not just the guy or just the woman, and other people, a range of people that could interview, right? Uh, but I would say one thing you can do with jobs that you don't know how to do is say, well, if I don't know how to do an advertisement, like a marketing site, say, well, I believe in job testing. So like similar to Victor is saying, like, he takes them for a test drive with the uh, go ahead and do, do go ahead and uh, sell a job to me. Well, if I'm doing advertising or marketing, I would say, well, I'm going to give you fifty dollars tonight and go I home. He's, he's, uh, my buddy's about to go on stage right All now. Good. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. Scoot, Thanks, scoot it, it in. Sorry, dude. I would. Uh, I would say. Uh, then there were two. I'd say if you're going to consider a marketing position is a pretty big position. Yeah. Uh, I may not know how to do it, but I know what it looks like when I see a professional do it. And so I would say something like, uh, why don't I give you. Uh, $250 to 
to go home tonight and here's here, here's a normal furnace tune-up everything we do in a furnace tune-up here's the benefits of getting it you go ahead and make an average go ahead and make an ad for us or go go ahead and develop a campaign based on mm -hmm. uh, this with our community if you could do something for us come back go, come back tomorrow or two days from now on, today's Tuesday you come back on Friday go ahead and present what this is going to look like to us I'll pay you 500 bucks or whatever for that you know to do that it'd be well worth the $500 now than hiring somebody for $80,000 who's the marketer uh, who can't do, who doesn't know how to use uh, graphics or can't find the, you know, it's not going to send the right message type of thing, you know. But here's our company culture. Here's the tune-up. Go back and design. So I really believe in job testing. Yeah. A customer service rep, I don't do customer service. Here's the script. Here, here's, get your telephone, follow the script, and come back two days later at our final interview and be able to read that script and enter stuff in a computer at the same, we're going to have a laptop and you're going to enter it in while we're doing it. I don't do that, but I'll be the customer and you're going to enter it in. So mm -hmm. I'm going to job test you. I'll give you, when you come back and you, get, you, you go on the job test, I'll give you uh, $50 to pass that, to, to go on that test mm -hmm. and pass that test. If you, whether you pass or not, you're going to get $50 to come back because now you're a finalist. Before I take somebody on a job, I like to see if I get an example that they, because one of the biggest things like customer service, people can answer the phone and follow the script. But they may not be able to do that at the same time that they type stuff in. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that I had, I had one time a woman who worked at Motorola as the head of customer service for all of Motorola Mobile. And she happened to say, I'm retiring, so I want to work at a normal company now. Mm -hmm. I hired her, and she simply could not ent enter at the same time she talked on the phone. And she was the head of the whole Motorola customer mm -hmm. service division. I'm like, wow. Uh, we, we just paid somebody a premium amount of money at the time. Uh, and they couldn't even do this skill. Mm -hmm. And then I said, sorry, Betty, Betty we're going to have to part as friends. Yeah. <laughs> I said, after about two weeks, I'm like, you have to be able to do this. Said, I just can't do it. I have to, I get to put it on post-it notes. I'm like, that's not how we do it here. We go right into the computer. And, yeah. and so I realized that from that point forward, I'm not going to make that mistake. I'm not going to, I'm not going to just take somebody's word for it. An expert guy does furnace tune-ups. Uh, okay. Come out in the warehouse. Here's the furnace we have here. Take it all apart and disassemble it and put it on the ground and come and get me. I'm going to give you $50 to do this right now. Uh, and then you're going to reassemble it and then start it up and run it. And it's going to, for 50 bucks, I want you to go ahead and do this right now. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, I don't have the tools. Well, here's a toolbox right here. Uh, right now, you got something else to do? And it's like, no, I, I'm not, well, I, just, I, I didn't say I could do it. Oh, I thought you were an expert. You know, So yeah. you kind of break it down like that, right? And I think like Victor's got the right idea, which is that uh, the job testing, because any element of the job that can be tested to see the skill, they're claiming the skill, are they matching up with what they're claiming? Does that make sense, sir? Yeah, totally. I wanted to ask a little bit about... That, I think it goes back to Dustin with the character, because the person's yeah. saying they have proficiency, and then they show you with their actions that they don't, well then I think you got your answer there, whether yeah. you got the right type of thing. A very common one I've found is the, like... They can do high level stuff, but they can't do busy work. Like I hired, I hired you for the future for this cool, like maybe managing people or maybe doing something a little bit more fun. Maybe you'll get to do that in the future, but first we need you to do all this menial work, the basic stuff, and then not wanting to be a couple months in and being like, I want to be out of this basic stuff. It might be a high performer thing to want to get elevated, but you have to do the basics right as well, right? I know Dustin's thing is on fundamentals and getting the fundamentals right. I know that you were talking to me about that when we were talking about podcasts. What's one fundamental that you want your people to study? Be more specific. Fundamental. Yeah, you're, you're talking about kind of the fundamentals of running 
an HVAC business, for instance. Um, I was just kind of curious after, I've had it in my head since we talked, I was kind of curious what you were referring to and how um, you want your people to grow in that, in those ways. Well, let me, that's a really good question. You could yeah. go so many different directions. Yeah. I mean, I travel all over the country and see a lot of businesses. And, yeah. I, and so I get to see areas where I see that they're struggling and where they're successful. And both of those areas, whether it's success or failure and struggles, goes back to leadership development. Mm. Um, Joe and I were talking about leadership development earlier and how important that is in your business. Uh, well, and let me make a point here with Victor. We were talking about him a minute ago. He's a, he's a high producer in, in the industry. And he even will admit that he might be challenging to handle. And it's a well-known fact that the number one reason that a, people leave a business, you're talking about retention, is their relationship with their direct manager. Mm. Now, I can tell you from experience, Joe, maybe you can relate to this, that oftentimes managers might have one of their team give notice and then they report back to the boss, hey, so-and-so decided to quit and I'm kind of glad they're leaving because they're really hard to manage. Mm. Heard that before, yeah. right? When oftentimes the hardest people to manage are some of the best producers and they mm. are being mismanaged, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so if I was to pick one fundamental that I think would help all businesses to be successful and, and uh, better off is leadership development making sure that the people that are running the programs in your business and affecting the culture have the support and tools they need to be effective. Um, a lot of times a manager is not willing to work through that challenging relationship mm -hmm. because they're not sure how. And so it's just easier to let that person go when if they just found the ability and the desire to work with that person, they could probably manage through that and have that top producer still in the business. Mm. So I think leadership development is key to the success of all businesses. And directly relating to retention, right? To when we're talking so. about retention. Um, I would love if you guys have any stories of like what you went through. Cause I know that I went through a period where I was, uh, I didn't understand the importance of culture in my business. I had people leaving and then I had to kind of expand my idea. I mean, I was, I started as, I guess, a high producer in the previous company that I worked for. And then when I went out on my own, I was still pig headed. You know what I mean? Like those first couple of years, I was just like, it's all about the work and get into the work. And then I had to soften and learn some things about culture and leadership. And I was, I was just curious if you guys went through any transformations <clears throat> yeah, in your personal I life. That, I got a good story. Yeah. I have uh... When I first started doing on-the-road consulting, about 2014, I think it was. Uh, no, sorry, 2004 when I started doing that. Um, I had a, a, a person call me from uh, Calgary, Alberta, up in Canada. He goes, Joe, uh, I hear, I see your stuff that you're doing online and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I really think I need you here because I just can't get my guys motivated to do training. They just won't do the training. And I said, well, let me come up and see what we can do. I said, maybe it's the message. Maybe it's the method. I don't know. I'll have to come and take a look. So I came up there and there was uh, 25 people in the room and the leader was with me in the room. He says, this is Joe Crisari. He's from the United States. He's going to go over some training with us on how we can communicate and connect with our clients. So all I was going to try and do is learn how to connect with your clients and learn how to make a friend with your client. That's all I was going to try and do for half a day, right? For four hours, four hours from eight o'clock to 12 noon. Uh, I, I did it. I started training it and talked about you know, the science of connecting and uh, science of pra praising the effort and all that kind of stuff. 
Well, the owner gets up in about 20 minutes into the meeting and he goes, hey, Joe, I, I got a meeting with an insurance guy. I, I got to go attend to that. And he leaves the meeting. And I keep going on. I'm teaching for about another 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, the sales manager goes, hey, I, I got a thing I got to take care of, too. He takes care. Then the service manager, I got something I got to do. I forgot to order these parts. Next thing you know, sales guy goes, I, I got a customer who's calling me right now. By, by 11 o'clock, I had two people in that room still, right? Uh, and, I, and I went back at lunch. I said, at lunch with the owner, he said, let's go out for lunch. <coughs> out lunch and he goes, well, what do you think? How yeah, they were really engaged when you were talking. I said, yeah, for about the first 10 minutes. Uh, but I said, you didn't see something when you left that happened. He goes, what happened? I said, uh, well, I took a picture of my phone about who, were le who was left in the room by 11 o'clock. I had two people. I said, uh, he goes, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. My people aren't committed to the training. And I said, well, who was the first person who left the room in the training? He goes, he goes I don't know. Who was it, David? My, I can't remember. Was it the sales manager? Was it, was it John, the salesman? I said, no, it was you, the owner. You don't remember that? He goes, oh, oh. Oh, my God, it was me. And he was blindsided. It was something he was doing. He normalized a dysfunctional behavior mm. to the point where he didn't even realize that he was doing this, right? And I'm like, so how many meetings have you left? He goes, Joe, every single time I start a meeting, I start out and I announce everybody, and then I leave because I feel I'm going to bother them or whatever. I said, when you leave, all the other managers are now have less uh, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna be at the meeting, then don't be at the meeting. If you're gonna be at the meeting, you gotta be committed to that meeting. That's what you're gonna do. You gotta stay at that meeting. Mm. I said, let's try it different tomorrow. Tomorrow, next day, we did another meeting. How to do the science of pricing? I'll, have, I'll be happy to tell you that at the, he, the, the owner stayed with the entire meeting, and he even took notes and started paying attention at the very front of the class. And guess how many people we had at the end of the meeting? Twenty-five people at the. That's so I feel a little the, conviction. You saying that is setting the idea set a better example. I like it. It's it's what it's like. It's like leaders don't they have a blind spot usually in themselves that it's like yeah why aren't my people doing this why why aren't they following me it's like well be worthy of somebody to follow is a good example by example by your actions not by just what you're saying I think. You got any stories about like culture like experiences that you went through that kind of made you the leader you are? Yeah, that's a good question. The one that came to mind first, I'll share with you. So I started doing heating and air conditioning back in the year 2000. It's been a long time and I was uh, moving up in this business. Uh, I was uh, to a point where I was helping to manage. I was uh, bidding all the plans. I was doing sales appointments. I mean, this is 23 years ago, a long time. And uh, I remember one day I knocked on a customer's door and they answered the door and they were on the phone and the person on the line must have asked who's at the door. They said, oh, it's just the service tech. And that struck a nerve inside of me when he called me just the service tech. Mm. And I actually quit my job that week because I was more than just a service tech. Mm -hmm. right? That's the, how big of an impact it had on my life. And I went on a personal journey of discovery and I did a lot of different things in business and only to come full circle and to realize the power of being just a service tech. And so... In your business, whoever's listening to this, it's uh, there, there's so much power in the vehicle of being just a service tech and creating a culture and an environment as owners and operators in your business where people know how valuable this, the training that they have is. I mean, look at the world we're in today. 
the positions we have are, are not going to be replaced. Uh, we're, we're strong through recessions. We're strong through whatever gets thrown at us. People are always going to need us. You know, you look at the COVID coming into the world and how that affected everything. We grew like crazy through that. Why? Because people need us. We, uh, we're in such a powerful career opportunity here. But for me, uh, when I realized how valuable being just a service tech is, was mm. profound. And so in your businesses, make sure that you uh, teach your people that they're in a, a valuable trade with significant opportunity where they can really provide for their family. This, mm. is, this is a great place to be. I would love it if you guys could share, if you have any books that have been useful, like we were talking about leadership and culture, if you have any books related to those top, uh, two topics that you'd like to recommend to people. There's all sorts of books. Um, I'm going to spout out three really quick that are three of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, Good to Great. Good. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yes, sir. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Awesome. Classics. Well, you, you, you took two of the three from me, but that's... that's No, actually, uh, there's a really good one I did read recently. Uh, Simon Sinek, uh, Leaders Eat Last. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a really good book. I think it's, uh, it's a good book, not just on leadership, but also on building a culture. Uh, where basically the, the summary of the book is that uh, when the team wins, the leader stands behind the team as a proud uh, leader. But when the team loses, the leader stands in front of the team and takes responsibility mm. and say, that's on me. Uh, so that's really what I think the character of a true leader is somebody who doesn't look for other people to blame. They look inside themselves and say, what did I do that I fell short? What, what could I have done better to make sure my team? So before you start asking your team what they can do better, uh, why don't you ask yourself what you could do better uh, to either train the person, you have coached the person to get back on track. Maybe they, maybe you let them stay on the team too long because they just weren't right for the team, but you allowed you allowed that on the team, uh, or you uh, you uh, didn't elevate somebody sooner that you could have elevated that. Maybe that person's got more power than we think they do. So we have to examine. Uh, I think the ability of leaders to examine themselves and to to evaluate themselves is really the, uh, to me, the key to leadership. Is that if you're not not willing to take a step back and say, uh, okay, this guy drove the truck off the road and flipped the van or whatever, uh, what uh, was, what could I have done to take responsibility to see that soon? The that that kind of thing doesn't just happen. There's the writings on the wall. I always say, right? Mm. Uh, it was like it's it, later on when hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it, Dustin? Sure is. where, where where it's like, yeah, I should have known. Uh, how many times the leaders say, "Yep, you know what? Uh, what do you think was going to happen, right?" Or yeah, I think we all knew this was inevitable, or whatever kind of a thing, right? Uh, because we 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 willingly had a sometimes it's a a blind spot, but sometimes it's a willing blind spot because we know that if we had to do something that it would make us do a little bit more effort uh, to serve the team. And I think a lot of times the leaders, uh, the biggest effort, biggest thing that they can do is make the effort to serve the team, right? To serve the team, not to, uh, to, not, not to lead the team and say, follow me. But when you serve the team, you become somebody who's worthy of leading. That's what I always say. Make sense? Absolutely. I, uh, I've got a, a special segment here. I'm going to let you guys think about this if we need to take a break for a second. <laughs> Uh, it's called Hot Takes and Cold Trends. And the two questions are, what's a hot take or something controversial that you believe would be controversial when you tell people about it, uh, an opinion that you have? And then the other one is cold trends. What's something somebody people are wasting time, money, and effort on that they shouldn't? Mm -hmm. 
And we can take a second if you want to think of those. I got it. Okay. You ready? Yes. Uh, I think a co I think a hot take for me, one of our hot takes, is I always I believe that uh, without friction, there is no traction when it comes to uh, both with employees and uh, just everybody that we're people that we're trying to see who are committed to what we're trying to do. Uh, in a way, we have to create friction to make sure people are committed. Mm. So in a way, I always say it like this. If somebody says to me, uh, Joe, uh, tell me how, uh, uh, how much does your service cost? They might ask me, how much does it cost to hire a service MVP? And I would say, uh, well, uh, we have to stop right there. I'm gonna create, a little, uh, now here's a little friction I would create. I'd say, um, you know, I wouldn't invest in service MVP if I were you, unless you were committed to training, because that's our number one thing mm -hmm. we do. And the time it takes to train people is something you have to be committed to, to block off the schedule to do that. So if you're not committed to that, I wouldn't even look into the price. Mm. Uh, and they go, no, I'm committed to that. See, now, yeah. voluntarily, the person has committed, and that was called a, volu a voluntary commitment is much better than a, a coerced commitment, mm. right, where I ask them, well, would you, be willing, would you be willing to invest money in this? That would be the other wrong way, I would say. Mm -hmm. I would say... You know, I'm not, not talking about money. I'm talking about time because time is the biggest commitment that all of us have. Mm. Uh, and if, that's how I say, if you're not willing to commit to the time to this, it may not work. And it's like that, that automatically puts the, the objection to the person that you're talking about. And so I think that's uh, one of the things I believe that uh, is controversial. So if a customer says, like, uh, if I want, if I say I want, to, I want to sell air quality on a normal uh, maintenance call if I'm a service tech, I would say let's create. I need to create friction before I get traction on this. Uh, Hey Janet, how important is air quality? How important is the, is your family's health? And what do you think they would say to that? What would you say if I said, how important is your family's health? Pretty important to us. Yeah, I notice a problem we have right now. There's no air quality system. Why did you guys choose not to get that? Did you choose? How come you didn't get that? <laughs> I like that. I, I don't know. I wasn't really thinking about it. <laughs> See, well, that does feel like a little bit of tension. It's, and it's like a little, yeah. little traction, a little friction. Yeah. And I would say. Um, well, that's okay. I, I don't want to bother you with it. Sounds like sounds like you don't care about that then. Yeah. Uh, so how important is health? Really important. Why don't you have an air quality yeah. system? What's the reason why you don't? Why, why did you choose not to get that? I didn't choose it. That just wasn't there. It's before uh, I had a baby. It's like, okay, well, maybe we should just shut up. I didn't mean to I create more friction. Yeah. Uh, maybe I should just shut up. I don't. I don't mean to keep talking. I'm not going to talk about it then. If you're not yeah. in, if you're not interested, let's not talk about it. And you're like, well, Joe, what would it cost for that? Yeah, right? we, yeah, we we're yeah. interested. If you, you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do have solutions for it, but you'd have to invite me. That's more friction. Yeah, you'd have to you have to invite me to show you oh, yeah. the solution. I'm uh, happy. I'm happy to look at any prices that you guys have. Like, I would love to. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't want to show you the price unless you were actually caring about getting your family healthy. So, if you weren't caring about it, no, we care. We care a lot about that. We just didn't know so it was available. Well, really, because yeah. if I showed you the prices and it was affordable, what would happen? Then? How much tension does this need? That's what. It, that's what it is. Well, what it is is like, let's get the tension over now. So that later on people can just buy. Yeah. Ah, I like that. Because there's going to be a tension. Otherwise, later. otherwise they're going to have tension when they try to buy. Yeah. So either get it over, sell it now before you give the price. Yeah. And then give the price after it's sold. Mm. The, the biggest thing, the the Joe Crisera difference. How do you know you've been Joe Crisera? Like people say that's famous. They go, you just Joe Crisera'd me. You just yeah. uncle. You just Uncle Joe'd me. Yeah. And it's like, what does that mean? It means that you got me to commit to something before I even knew what it was. Yeah. In a I way. like that. <laughs> a good job. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, I love it. Let's do your hot take. Do you got one? 
What do you want to know? What's something that's controversial? And you can feel free to take a second if you need it uh, to the industry, but that you believe very strongly. Okay, well, we've been talking a lot about recruiting. Uh, That's been a part of the conversation. Um, Frequently, I'll have owners and operators come to our location to see how we recruit. Uh, We're really good at it. We have 100 people a week coming through the business. Um, We hire a lot of people. We're just in Utah. We're about 425 employees right now. Um, And they come in and they're like, well, how do we do this? And I'll start asking them a few questions. And it's uh, I quickly discover that they want to learn how to recruiting, but nobody's really recruiting in the business. Um, You've got a few people that sort of dabble in it. But when it comes to recruiting, having somebody that's specifically in charge of recruiting and wears the hat properly. Mm. Um, So often they're not. They want to find answers, but nobody's actually doing it. So Mm. just put a hat on whoever should in your business and and different sizes in your business is going to determine who's going to be wearing that hat. Yeah. But just own it. So often people just aren't owning the recruiting process. We just finally got that person. I'm so happy to have somebody in place uh, at 28. So I guess, I don't know, what, what is that time? When is that? possible for most home service businesses like as far as like how many people are there where that can well sometimes it's just the first person if there's because the owner yeah 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 yeah. If, yeah. If, just, if you're hiring your first sorry. employee then you're oh sorry yeah yeah to me if you're if you're a small owner of a one-man company well it's like you're like what like people are saying, it was on me i did take it very seriously while i was doing it but well, i was so I, happy I was, I was, I, the question i always love is uh when is the time to hire my first worker in the field or worker in the office. And I always say, dude, if you don't have a worker in the field or in the office, let me whisper something to you. You don't have a business. You have, you're a slave who does everything. I said that on Facebook the other day and people were very mad in the comments. So that is a spicy You're a slave who I didn't realize that that was spicy. I thought that was like an angel business. It's not, if you don't have, if you don't have an employee, I said day one, if you look at a person in the office, like overhead, mm-hmm. then don't hire them. But if you have someone in the office, that should be an engine that helps commerce and mm-hmm. you know captures calls and gives you money to get, uh, they're gonna make money, not the cost of money. So a lot of times people are like, I, I don't wanna hire somebody because I'm not sure I can keep them busy. Uh, well, a good employee will keep themselves busy mm-hmm. and not, you not have to keep, you, not, you don't have to keep that, like I gotta keep them busy. Yeah. It's like, dude, you, know, they got, they, you have a customer list, uh, they have a phone, uh, put two and two together, Make them call the customers and book maintenance calls yeah. or whatever, and that 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 keeps them busy, or whatever, right? So that that would make money, not not cost money. It would make money. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into the cold trends. So, what's something people are wasting time, money, and effort on that you don't think that they should be? That's a good. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, and we can take a second if you no, guys you're want. You're good. We'll, we'll wing it here. Yeah. So I'm going to take a little different spin on that. I've I've heard people. People are feeling some effects in the economy right now, right? So I hear people come in and talk about the recession. And what I can tell you right now is there is no recession. I I go to the airport to travel to these events and I can't find a parking spot. People are still spending money. They're just not spending it with you. If you're not getting their business, that's your fault. And so what I would say is work harder, pivot a little bit, do what it needs, what, what you need to do to make the phone ring. But... If, if you're not capturing that business, I am. Yeah, It's there. People are still spending money. But don't use the excuse that, oh, we're in a bit of a recession right now. Choose not to participate. I just tell people to stop talking to me about it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I want to hear about it. That's kind of my... I'm, I'm growing. Grow, yeah, that's that's grow. kind of my pet peeve. I go to these events and I hear people say, oh, yeah, we're struggling so bad. Well, then go work harder. 
mm -hmm. right? Go, go put the time in, go put the effort in, change your marketing if you're not getting the calls you need. Um, we're still growing, mm -hmm. right? Um, it, it's a choice. You can choose to be careful through what you think is a strange economy, weird economy, recession, whatever you want to call it, or you can choose not to participate and you can double down. Mm. Uh, we're going to double down. So we, we encourage you to double down in your business and go for it. Love it. Uh, I would say the, to me, one of the cold takes, I always, here's a good one for me. I think to discover it. Um, when I hear people say, uh, you know, what are you guys doing to uh, have people call up to follow up on estimates? Like uh, have a rehash person or somebody to call up uh, to follow up on estimates we're given. And I think that is the dumbest position I think has ever been created. I don't know why the hell somebody would pay a full-time person when you already have somebody in the home who should be managing this project and bringing it to a completion. Mm. I would say remember this. There's a yes, we can get the job done now. There's a yes, we can schedule it for later while you think about it. And there's no. You, you can say no and the customer can say no. So, uh, so just get a yes, no, or another appointment. Mm. That's all there is to it. There's, nothing, there's no other outcome. So before the person leaves the call, the hot trend, if it would be, that the companies that are succeeding are just requiring that the employee, before you leave the home, uh, you got to get a yes and get the job done now. <clears throat> get a yes to schedule it to get done later. Or get a yes to schedule it to make a choice later. Mm. Uh, if you can't get those three, then just it's a no. Just tell the customer, we're going to need to withdraw the bid today. Why would we do that? Well, because if you're making me do bad service by not uh, scheduling something, either getting it done now or scheduling a choice or an appointment to get it done, then that's bad service. Because uh, if I leave here today, the prices could increase. And you're going to call me back a year from now and the prices won't be the same. You're going to think I'm going to hold the price and I can't. Uh, also, I won't even be on the project. If I come back a year from now, uh, somebody else will be able to start over again because it won't even be the same price. And then number three, you're on the front of the line. Like in a place like any hour, you're probably in front of 500 people at a place. <laughs> you're probably, they're probably every day these guys are doing like, I don't know, 350 calls a day or whatever mm -hmm. they're in Utah. Uh, so you're, you're in front of 350 people. Uh, if we don't schedule the call, you're going to be behind. You call us back when you want to call us back next week. You're going to be behind 350 people when you call us back. So to me, the thing is. Uh, yes, no, an appointment. That's what should be done. Uh, the people who say, I need to get a rehash person or somebody to follow up on these lost opportunities. It's like, dude, why would you lose the opportunity? You fumbled the ball. You don't need to, you don't, you don't need to hire a special person on your team to pick up fumbles. Uh, if your team never fumbled, you wouldn't need somebody to find. It's like a football team saying, we need a specialist to recover fumbles because uh, we fumble so much. Uh, I got an idea. Don't fumble, and you wouldn't need a specialist to pick it up. Make sense, sir? Absolutely. Okay. I do have a segment um, called There's Money in the Phones. It's by powersellingpros.com. Check them out. Um, what is one tip that you have on your, your phone answering systems and or what you advise people to do uh, regarding answering the phones? Would love for you to give a tip on that. I got, I got one tip, and uh, Brigham Dickinson is yep. a dear friend of mine, so I highly would recommend their service and uh, definitely support Brigham. Tell Brigham I said this, okay? Absolutely. I'm sure he'll see he's, this. He's a good friend. I agree. He's a good friend. He's good, uh, good let me tell you that. Here, here's, my, here's my take. On the phone, the phone tip of the day is every time you finish talking with a customer on the customer incoming calls, end, end with a question every time, and you will convert that call 100% of the time. Mm. As long as you end whatever, whatever you're going to tell people, finish it with a question. 
how much does it cost to do business at, uh, at Acme Services? Well, uh, we send a qualified service person out to your house. He comes in a fully stocked truck and uh, he can get the job done. And the investment for going out there today is only $98. So may I have your address mm. would be the question. Uh, get a ballpark price on a new furnace? Actually, we can have an accurate price by somebody coming out there. Uh, may I have your phone number? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just keep I asking like that, yeah. questions. And next thing you know, you got the address, you got the phone number, and it's like, well, Mary, we got everything we need to get out there in it now. Uh, what should we do? Yeah, let's get another question. Mm. Let's just get out there then. Exactly. That's what I thought we should do. So it's always, and so a lot of times people say, uh, I lost that customer because, well, here's the thing about it. Write this down, everybody. Statements end the conversation and people hang up. Questions continue the conversation and everybody stays on. Make sense? Mm. They stay with your company as long as you're asking a question. One thing I'll point out in uh, when people call into your business, they have a need and you have a captive on audience for a certain amount of time. And so most important first is to book the call, of course. Right. But then you have an opportunity. You've got a captive audience that's requesting your service and you have the ability at a certain time in the call to offer promotions. Um, you hear so many people that will talk about their shoulder season, the slow season, whatever you want to call it. Well, if you do this properly, you can really take the stress out of your slow season. Uh, when a customer calls in and they schedule an appointment, get the call booked and then say, oh, by the way, Mrs. Smith, have you heard about the promotion we're running right now? Uh, this is a promotion that if you schedule it today, we'll get you on the schedule for whenever your promoter or your, your slower season is for March. And you'll schedule your, your maintenance programs, right? Get people scheduled for a tune up later on in the season. And if you schedule that today, we'll lock in this promotion price for March. And uh, don't worry about remembering. We'll actually call and remind you ahead of time. It's just like you do when you go to the dentist, right? Mm -hmm. They schedule your appointment six months out. Why aren't we scheduling calls in addition to the reason they called today every single time somebody calls in? Mm -hmm. uh, and I know at, at NER, we'll book an additional 500 calls per month just with these add-on calls. Awesome. So get the call booked first and then use the opportunity since you've got them on the phone to schedule them for a additional call for some routine service during your slow time. Fill up that slow time. You don't need to struggle that time of year. Awesome. I love it. Um, and because we're kind of wrapping up this conversation about both uh, recruiting and retaining people, I wanted to just see if you guys have any other tips um, around retaining your best people. I know, I know that um, if we don't have anything, we can wrap it up. But otherwise, if you have anything else you wanted to share on that topic, just to, to round it out. I think for me, the biggest thing is people need to know that they have opportunity. Once they feel like their path has reached its limits, they're going to go and pursue opportunity somewhere else. So you need to create in your business a path where they can see that they're going to progress and have continuous opportunity, whether it's through training or through the benefits you offer or through advancement, whatever it is, people need to have a path so that they experience a journey in their career. Mm. Uh, I feel the same way. I think there has to be an aspirational path to the next level. Uh, we have already currently three employees in our service MVP company that want to own the company. They want to run the company. They've already told me this. And I said, well, that's great because I don't want to run the company in the future. That's really, it matches up, <laughs> that matches up really well. Yeah. I said, but you know, uh, what it would take is to develop yourself, to invest in yourself, uh, to create the development. I said, no, I think it's a leader's job to retain people. Uh, the retention to me means giving people the next activity 
beyond what the job. So there's a current job, your, your, the activity of your job. If you got a salesperson who says, I want to run the sales department someday, it's like, well, okay, well then, I think you need to start taking some leadership classes right now because it may be a little bit of time before you're ready to, uh, you know, when you take a leadership class, you learn how to lead yourself first, which is the first place you got to start to be a leader of the division. Mm -hmm. uh, so that you're going to need to work on that first. So here's some training that we can provide, or here's some things we can, resources we can give you. Uh, we'd like to see you invest the time in yourself to do this. And then show me by your actions that you actually want that path. Mm -hmm. And if you got if people engaged with that, I think that's what, uh, uh, people show you by the actions about if they're willing to take the next step to that aspirational path. We can only dream for the employees so much, but they have to take action to execute that dream for themselves. I th the interesting thing is, though, with any hour, I've observed what they do and I do what we do. I think uh, you won't find two better companies that uh, will invest in their employees. Yeah. Uh, so if an employee has an aspirational path that they'd like to do for either one of our companies, I know Wyatt Hepworth personally. I know uh, this guy right here, Dustin, uh, and myself. Uh, we would provide uh, every last nickel we have to make sure that uh, people have uh, that resource for themselves. So uh, I think the owner's job is to provide the training or resources for it, uh, for people to follow that path. Now, if they show that they're not willing to make that, uh, why would I make an investment if somebody who's not willing to take the action to do it? Then if somebody says, well, how much am I going to get paid to take the training? I was like, well, that's an investment in yourself, not an investment we're willing to make there, right? Uh, we're willing to pay for the current job you're doing, but for you to get better, to get a better job, you have to invest. Show me you're willing to invest the time. I'm not asking you to invest It's always money. weird when somebody's kind of saying no with their actions. <laughs> How much would I get paid to do that? Yeah. Uh, I, I want to be managing the company. I say, great. Well, you have to show me that you're willing to invest in the time it mm. takes to, be, to become the kind of person that could lead a company. Uh, anybody could lead a company as long as they're willing to invest in themselves and invest the time, but... Uh, the funny thing is when you actually tell people and the rubber hits the road, well, uh, tell me, when are you willing to start taking training on this uh, to begin your journey? Uh, I'll get back to you on that. Uh, <laughs> right now, I got some other things that got in the fire that I'm kind of busy with at night. I don't got time. Oh, yeah, because I mean, this is the normal day when you're working for us. That we need, we need the production during that for that. But we're paying for you now, right? For you to become a leader, there's going to be additional work to get to that point uh, to get that. And the funny thing is I think everybody who has become a leader at any hour or even at service MVP, those are the people who wind up being like this guy, this guy, right? Who goes on the road representing any hour because he he doesn't he doesn't he's not a clock watcher. He doesn't uh, he doesn't work on the clock. He doesn't his his personal time and his work time are kind of together because his work family and his real family he loves both of them. You know what I'm saying? He he has he has a, he has a love for both of them. And he doesn't feel like uh, work is a drag. He feels like work is a passion. And his family's a passion too, mm -hmm. right? And I think that, when, and funny thing is when you get a passion all the time for your family or for your people and your company, uh, it's like days go by like a snap the finger, right? They, yeah. it's, like, it's like, oh my God, it's already 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> I can't believe we had so much fun as a family, fun as a company. And I think that's the part of it though. I think the people who can be leaders, they just enjoy people, enjoy, enjoy seeing people develop, your own family develop, because that's part of the, you're leading your family, you know, leading your, your company. I think it's the same thing, right? Absolutely. Could I give you guys an opportunity just to share, uh, like, a call to action uh, and your, your website and whatever call to action you might have for sure. our audience? You want to go first? No, you go first. Okay. <laughs> well, if you go to uh, servicemvp.com, uh, you can take any kind, you have, we have a free courses you can take. I, rec I recommend everybody download our app. And you get free training. Everybody would get the Service MVP app and an account on servicemvp.com. 
and you have real live classes, uh, I would recommend you take our Pure Motive basic training course, which is just the, the basics of what we teach, and just uh, see if that applies to you. The average person who takes that course is capable of raising their uh, revenue and results by 78% immediately, just with the free course. And then if you like it, then of course we have other courses you can invest in down the road. But uh, awesome. I, like to try to see, make, I like to see people become su successful first with what we do before we ask for any investment. That's what we're trying to do. I love it. And uh, it might be why you have such an amazing reputation. You know, uh, well, thank you. I appreciate there's that. So many people commenting how valuable everything you do is. And so I just had to chat with you. Kind words. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, absolutely. So many thank other people's kind words as well. Ser ServiceMVP.com. Thank you, sir. All right. So I had to think for a second, so you had yeah. to go first. Yeah. <laughs> um, call to action, uh, invest in yourself. Joe said it very well. Um, be willing to spend the time and energy to improve yourself. Uh, your greatest successes in life came from having to get a little bit uncomfortable. You know, you, you think about your your date to the prom and asking that, that other person to go with you, right? Mm. That required getting a little bit uncomfortable in your career. The first sales call you ever run, that requires getting uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You want to be in a leadership position that requires getting uncomfortable. So being willing to do what it takes to invest in yourself. Uh, we're out here at this event. It's the, this is the, the home service freedom event here with Tommy Mello and his whole team. They're a fantastic event. We're investing in ourselves today. Um, go and see other locations. Uh, you're invited to come to any of our locations. Uh, in fact, uh, Call me directly if you'd like. Text me, whatever. Uh, I'm going to give my phone number out here. That's a little weird, right? 801-787-3546. Personal invitation to come see any of our locations. we got 28 locations around the United States. And we'd be happy to have you come out. We'll show you around and show you how we operate. Our location in Utah has grown from when I started there a little over 12 years ago. We were about $2 million in revenue. And at that same location... With all the same leadership team, I talked about leadership. We haven't lost a leader, a manager in our business in over 14 years. Incredible. And so it's the same team that built it from 2 million to over 100 million organically in Utah. Amazing. Come see how we did it. We'd love to share the secrets that helped us build this business. And what's your .com? Just so people, if they want to go to the .com. Yeah, just anyhourservices.com. Anyhourservices.com. Mm -hmm. um, and I really appreciate you guys being on. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate you. It's a plumbing and HVAC hustle. I might have to change the name because there's another HVAC hustle out there. Who knows? Hey, you said you were going to name this for me. Uh, what's the new name? It doesn't matter. It's creating relationships. It's creating relationships. On the hook. On the hook. Done. Just That's it now, guys. It's a new podcast name. But thank you guys for joining me. And uh, please like, subscribe, comment, and leave a review.